Chapter 12 Falling Flames When Zuko was six, some months before he showed his first spark as a firebender, one of his tutors had, in a fit of frustration, grabbed his small hands and held it over their open flame. Zuko had struggled to break free, but father's cold eyes were watching across the courtyard, so Zuko had clamped his mouth shut and not cried out even as the flame burned him, melting his skin around his little finger. He learned very quickly how to breathe through the pain of the unbearable heat, learned to deal with the sensation until it became something he could suppress at the back of his mind. But little Zuko always had to actively work to pull it back to that space. The pain lingered and stabbed when his mind slipped. The dull throbbing sensation in the middle of his sternum is what current Zuko drowsily wakes up to. The pain in his chest is not a bad pain, exactly. It's just that it's there, refusing to be ignored. He lets out a low moan and tries to curl in around the sensation. He shifts onto his side, only to meet some kind of resistance. Like being home. So Zuko sleepily tries to snuggle against it anyway. It shifts a little further away. Frowning, Zuko half opens his eyes. A blue gaze meets his own. In Zuko's mind are the slightest impressions of Ocean, Orca Wolf, Blade. Uh, hi? The Water Tribe boy offers, his voice higher than usual. The rest of Zuko's brain kicks in, and he lets out a sound that is most definitely not a squeak. Scrambling back. What? what Zuko stammers, his face feeling like it's on fire. What in Agni's name? To his credit, the Water Tribe boy manages to keep his face mostly free from color and emotion. Calm down, buddy, Sokka says, his voice quiet and soothing, like Zuko's a fire ferret he's just spooked. Zuko hates it, because it reminds him of Uncle trying to bring him down from a night terror, and he's not a child, Uncle. Be careful, Zuko, a female voice chastises firmly, and only then does Zuko notice Katara frowning at him from their periphery. Don't strain your body. You're still recovering. Still recovering? The images slam into him right then. Azula's smirk as she taunts him about father's final lethal decree. Whatever was left of Zuko's sorry little heart breaking further apart. Struggling to produce his own flames. The wide arc of lightning in her graceful hands pointed towards the water tribe boy, starkly contrasting the wild look of rage in her eyes. The blind agony that had radiated from his chest. His hands move up to his sternum of its own accord. How? Zuko whispers to himself. How am I still alive? He misses the look that passes between the Water Tribe siblings then, a confused and wary sort of protectiveness. See, that's a bit of a story, the Water Tribe boy says. A bit turns out to be an understatement. It's one of the rare times in his life, at least according to Uncle, that Zuko listens. So, Zuko's had yet another near-death experience. Okay, Nothing new there. At this point, he's gotten into so much trouble he's honestly surprised he's still alive. He pauses where the water tribe boy describes the healing. You can waterbend and heal? Sokka shrugs, looking as bewildered as Zuko feels. I'm just as stupefied as you are. He gestures towards the shimmering thread of blue gold between them. Who knows what else this thing can do? Zuko squints at him. Do you feel any different? Zuko's not the most analytical person on the best day, but bending and its finer details have always been an interest to him. Just because he's not good at something doesn't mean he's not interested in it. Sokka's body isn't made to bend, and wouldn't have the same adaptations as a bender would. 
What if spirit-induced unnatural water bending and healing is causing damage they couldn't yet see? The water tribe boy nods, like he's thought of this before, then blinks. Huh, that's actually kind of sweet that you're thinking about that? Zuko's cheeks flare. Am not. He snaps nonsensically, remembering too late their unique little, scary, situation of being privy to each other's mental space. He tries to raise the mental barrier he had earlier back in the library, but it requires the kind of deep meditative focus Zuko has no energy for right now. To his dismay, the barrier splinters apart like mist under the first rays of Agni. Zuko fumbles for a bit. Stay out of my head! The water tribe boy gestures, placatingly, something like worry in his eyes. Okay, okay. Calm down. He coaxes, using that same voice. And stop talking like that! Zuko snaps. Azula's words come back to him. I'm not a... a fragile child to tiptoe around. Don't patronize me. I'm not weak. His voice is very loud in the ensuing silence. Given that you've just literally woken up from the brink of death after being shot at by lightning, Sokka says carefully, that is definitely something we aren't thinking. That's what he says, but Zuko knows he's lying. Both Water Tribe siblings are giving him incredibly similar looks and it would be one Zuko wouldn't have known how to read, if not for the soul bond from Sokka's side practically radiating pity. Stop. Zuko bites out. The whirlwind of everything that just happened and its implications is beginning to catch up to him. He slumps back against the saddle and puts his head in his hands. For a silly moment, he wishes they were on the ground instead of flying, so he could at least find some comfort in running his hand through Appa's soft fur. For a silly moment, Zuko wishes he's already dead. Zuko? He hears someone ask tentatively, but he ignores them, bringing his knees up to his chest to curl around himself. Misery rises up like bile in his throat, threatening to burst and drown him in its dark depths. Father doesn't want him. Father doesn't want him. Father wants Zuko dead. All of the pieces begin to come together. In some way, Zuko supposes, he's been slowly coming to realize it the last three years maybe even before then, but he's nothing if not the lord of self-denial. Three years of chasing a myth. Three years of fiercely ignoring the doubts lingering in the back of his mind. The whispers he's heard from traitors at random ports. The way his crew falls silence when he steps into a room on the Wani. Agni, even uncle's careful handling, takes on a new light now. Oh, Agni! Zuko can't go back to uncle anymore. He's a walking dead man now, with the Fire Lord's painted target over his head. Uncle did not deserve that kind of danger. Zuko's well and truly alone now. Something thrums in the air. Sokka, wait, the girl says, her voice coming up muffled from the inside of Zuko's cocoon, at the same time as the water tribe boy starts to say, Hey, jerkbender, don't call me that! Zuko tries to snarl but his voice cracks and the self-hatred multiplies. Just leave me alone. He feels Sokka scooting closer anyway, and finally raises his head, trying to breathe out fire as warning. It comes out sputtering and weak and tiny and great. That's another thing Zuko seems to have lost. His flames are dying. He has no title, no crew, no uncle, and father wants him dead. Sokka's blue eyes are large and almost kind in a way that makes Zuko want to set the other boy on fire, because surely he's pretending like Azula does. The other boy's thoughts are swirling with emotions that make Zuko dizzy, because he can barely handle his own, and he doesn't need this extra shit. 
He flattens himself back, pressing hard against the saddle when Sokka raises a hand. Don't touch me. Zuko's breathing comes out harsh and unforgiving, like father. Nothing less than Zuko deserves. But it... it might help you feel better, the water tribe boy says, looking both embarrassed and determined at the same time. You can feel it, can't you? Zuko shakes his head. He knows what Sokka's talking about, knows the soul bond is calling, tugging him to his soul bonded. But he doesn't care. He doesn't need a bond to help him feel better. He doesn't deserve it. He's weak, worthless, and pathetic as it is. It's a demand. Do not touch me, Zuko repeats. It's a demand, so why does his voice come out like a plea? Sokka looks truly lost, shooting a helpless gaze across at his sister, who seems to be trying to say something with her eyes. Zuko feels the sharp pang of resentment. He and Azula will never have this kind of relationship. Never were destined to. Zuko, Katara says, you're still very weak. I'm not! Zuko's thoughts are fracturing into splinters, the way Azula's lightning did, and he's so exhausted and losing thread of all sense and logic, and he just wants it all to end. Just go away. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, he finally begs. And wouldn't Father absolutely detest the sight of him now? Sokka sighs, but thank Agni and all his sisters and brothers, he doesn't come any closer. Zuko curls around himself again, thoughts going everywhere and nowhere at once. He drifts in that space for a while, allowing himself to drown. Doesn't know what he's going to do next. He doesn't even know if he wants to do anything next. Maybe he'd be lucky enough to just curl up here and... just... stop. He falls into the welcome embrace of oblivion before he can complete that thought. Zuko's been here before. He knows how this ends, because it never does. In Zuko's dreams, he burns for eternity. The brief hope that father's almost tender cradling of his face would bring some tenderness and comfort dies a fiery death, like the skin of his face, like his left eye. And Zuko's senses are quickly eclipsed by excruciating pain. He screams. Everything's searing hot, and he can feel the skin of his face melting away. He chokes on smoke and the smell of burnt flesh. He blacks out for just a second from the sheer agony, and when he wakes up, Father is still burning him. He curls in, trying to escape those punishing, cruel hands, but Father is unrelenting, like the fire eating hungrily away at his skin. Zuko begs for mercy and for help, even as he knows none is coming. Who would be foolish enough to help him? Zuko's always been alone, since Mother left, and Father is the Fire Lord. Everything he does is righteous and just. I meant no disrespect, Please, father, I meant no disrespect, Zuko repeats weakly, over and over again, until his voice fades to a rasp and whispers out like a flickering flame. But father doesn't hear him, doesn't acknowledge his pleading litany, doesn't let him go. Father never forgives. And Zuko continues to burn, and he burns alone. Please, father, make the pain stop, make it stop, let me die. No, nephew, I cannot do that. Zuko's sobbing now, gripping his mauled face as they sit within a familiar metallic walled room. Take me home, uncle, dream Zuko rages and whimpers, even as he knows he can't. I want to go home. I am so sorry, my nephew, uncle says sorrowfully. I cannot. Take me home, he demands, but it comes out more a plea. 
You know as well as I do that to set foot in Caldera is your death sentence. Nephew! Zuko staggers to his feet, even as his frame tries to shrink in on itself, even as the rim swims and he loses his balance. Then I will find my way home, Zuko vows through a haze of pain and shame. I will find the Avatar and make father proud. Uncle's kind, worried eyes morph from its familiar amber to a colder gold. And it's father again. Father in that burning stage. You have shamed me with your cowardice, boy. Pain will correct your disrespect, and suffering will be your teacher. That large hand cradles his face again, tenderness morphing to cruelty. This is the cycle that will never end. This is where he always comes back to. This is where Zuko always burns. And he burns. And Zuko howls. Zuko! Hands settle on his shoulders in a punishing grip and wrenches him away from father's burning hands. Zuko cries out. Who in Agni's name would be stupid enough to get in father's way? But these hands are cool and they don't burn and... Come on, jerkbender, it's just a fucking dream. Wake up! Wake up! That's all you've got to do! Zuko gasps, because when he looks up, it's into an ocean-blue set of eyes that are so out of place in the sea of gold and crimson that his mind just... breaks. Why are you here? Zuko gasps wretchedly, reeling and confused beneath the onslaught of his pain, pain, pain everywhere. You weren't at the Agni Kai. You weren't there, so why are you here? His breathing seemed to be coming from somewhere far away and he can feel the hollow ache of his straining ribs as Sokka's fingers continue to dig into his shoulders. It's startlingly, horrifyingly real, and Zuko can feel the fear turning to panic as his heart picks up speed. I'm here because of the fucking bond, Sokka snaps, a voice of reason amidst the confusion and pain that hisses in Zuko's mind. Open your spirit-stamped eyes and wake up! The last bit is a shout, loud and harsh like dow blades slicing through flesh. Father's shadow, the stage, the faceless nobility all disintegrate, and... Zuko sits bolt upright in Appa's saddle, retching as his body shudders. His phoenix tail falls in wild strands around his face, and he runs his hands through them, tugging hard, trying to fix himself into reality. Ice suffuses his overheating body, and nausea clenches in his stomach as he tries to understand. His whole body shudders in a stop-start pattern, as if trying to remember how to move again. The new scar tissue at the center of his chest isn't helping him breathe any easier. Trembling hands clench into desperate fists as Zuko's mind brings back the image of grim blue eyes, the color so out of place in his dreams of crimson and red and gold. His emotions veer from weakened fear and excruciating agony to the hot, hard, and far more welcome snap of anger. Zuko's not so stupid that he's about to put the Water Tribe boy's presence in his dreams down to a figment of his imagination. Sokka's breathing hard, too. He registers dimly the Agni Dam bond clearly pervades everywhere, even into the darkest, most private depths of Zuko's mind. And there Sokka followed him, without a second thought. Zuko feels violated, and the humiliation adds a rotten flavor to the residue of pain and fear from his nightmare. Even in the chaos of his mind, he's aware of the gold-blue thread of the bond between them, shining bright like a stray ray of Agni. Even in the climbing rage, he feels the utterly bizarre urge to follow its hypnotic tug to where the boy in question is sitting, promising comfort and warmth. Like fuck is he going to follow that urge? Aang's worried voice slices through the healing gasp that fills the night air. What happened? Are you two okay? Yes. No. I don't know. 
Sokka shakes his head and reaches a hand out, and Zuko absolutely does not jerk back. Zuko, that. What the fuck were you doing in my dream? Zuko snarls with fire spitting out from his lips, deep and feral at the wide blue eyes across from him. His flaming wrath makes Sokka flinch. Good. The water-tribe peasant has already seen him more vulnerable than ever before. Mutilated by his father, splayed open by his own weakness. There's no way he's going to allow the rest of them to see the turbulence of the aftermath. It's easier to be angry, because rage is where Zuko best draws his strength. Without rage, he has nothing. Not his honor, not his will, not even all of his face. I didn't want to end up in your stupid dreams! I didn't want to see that twisted shit! Sokka snaps right back, the words stoking the flames of Zuko's rage so high he's certain he feels himself steaming. Good. This rage was familiar. It's just where I ended up when I fell asleep! Isn't that so convenient? Zuko demands, spitting the words out. The Water Tribe boy is not even acting the slightest bit ashamed or apologetic for such a brutal invasion of Zuko's privacy, and it melds the shame and anger together into something white-hot inside him. You have absolutely no right! Why the fuck didn't you just turn around to get out the moment you realized? I tried, but I couldn't! It was your stupid fucking dream, and you were in control of it! Sokka shakes his head, wolf tail whipping around his face as he hunches his shoulders, defensive but volatile. I couldn't wake up unless you did. What are you blaming me for? You think I want to see that fucked up shit with your father? On that note, are all your family insane murderous pyromaniacs? Huh? Do they all get taught that it's okay to burn each other? Shut up! Zuko roars amidst gaps from the other two with them. Flames spread out in wisps from his throat. His vaunted control is shattered, too damaged by the nightmare to be of any use. His face burns in shame, but Huri fuels him and drives him to his feet even to his own slight amazement at how he manages it, because every limb is shaking. You have no right, no right to speak of that like this. To Zuko's horror, his voice cracks, and what began as a rage tirade turns into a sob.